Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Dear Lord, please let the caffeine kick in. I'm having a heck of a morning on the morning after the draft. Tyler, thank you for joining me to do this. Uh, what are your impressions from the Hawks walking away with three picks and some extra picks for the future? Well... It sucks to hear that, you know, you're struggling out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, the, the draft was fine, people. I, <laughs> I, get, I get everybody being all super mad that we didn't get the fun, you know, foreign prospect. But we got the fun American prospect. So, you know, and a lottery pick. So I think, I think Schlenk did a pretty good job. Uh, and, I, and I feel like... I feel like everybody can just relax and calm down that, you know, the Hawks, the Hawks are still going to be uh, playing in Phillips arena and you're going to have something interesting to watch this, uh, this upcoming season. What do you think of the philosophy to trade down to pick up future assets? If, you know, if as Travis Schlink indicated, you're dealing with a war room that was kind of split where some people wanted Doncic and some people wanted Trey Young. Well, uh, you know, if you feel like, if you feel like the guy at five is in the same tier or uh, if that's your guy, or you feel like those two are in the same tier as basketball players, you know, it's a good value play in the vacuum, like in a vacuum, regardless of who they were picking, you know, getting an additional lottery pick for a team just to move up two spots is a great deal. Now it's not considered that case because Luka Doncic is a special case. There's, you know, the Mavs probably felt like Doncic was the best player in this draft, but the Hawks, it, it appears that either they felt that Trey Young was the best player in this draft, or he was, you know, up there with Doncic. Um, they, you know, based on Schlenk's wording, he didn't, he didn't, while he considered the bigs to be talented, he didn't, he didn't see much value in bigs without a playmaker. Right. And with Trey Young and Doncic being the two best playmakers in this draft, you know, it's, it's a pick your preference type. Uh, Trey Young projects to be the better score, uh, but, you know, Doncic is probably going to be the better overall basketball, you know, the better overall, better overall game. We'll see if we'll see who ends up being the better basketball player, but you know, uh, I, I'm 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 fine with it, right? I I came in there as a uber 
I'm I'm with everybody who loves Luka Doncic. I'm I'm one of you guys, but you know it's you know it our you know our feelings and opinions on the draft don't matter as much as what you know the Hawks staff do. And if they feel that those two are on the same tier, then yeah, go ahead get another lottery pick because the Hawks it, with this decision are committed to a a real rebuild and they're in this for the long haul. And this is taking the long view of of the of getting back into contention you look at these three players you look at Trey Young you look at Kevin Hurdy you look at Amari Spellman and they're all very good shooters for their position it seems like and so it's clear that Schlenk values you know guys that can shoot guys that can pass guys that have a lot of value on offense their defense is a bigger question is that almost an intentional attempt in a process where this might take three years, five years, to kind of keep the team on the down low, so that they don't get too good too quickly. Because maybe if you you know if you add three good defenders, you kind of get to be a mediocre team almost too quickly. Does that make sense? I don't know. the The other side is if you add three good three good defenders who can't shoot, you end up being the Orlando Magic. So like. <laughs> I find I find you, you know Ouch. for me person like I'm I'm just gonna put this as a personal take. I prefer offense. I like three point shooting, and I've seen what the Hawks look like without spacing, and I never want to see that again. So <laughs> I will live. I can live. I can live with a poor defensive team. I don't think I can live with watching bad offensive basketball anymore. Um, I think I'm past that in my life. Like uh, uh, there's better things to do than, than watching an NBA team being un- unable to hit open three-pointers. So, uh, And, you know, these guys all project to be great shooters for the position. Uh, specifically, Trey Young and Kevin Herter uh, project to be, you know, true, the elite among the elite uh, with their ability to make, uh, you know, j- shots from anywhere off the dribble, off screens, off pin downs, you know, they 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 have legitimate gravity that just opens up the game for everybody else. And, you know, their skills complement the, the young guys the Hawks currently have on the roster, including John Collins and Dorian Prince. And, you know, DeAndre Bembry as well, who, you know, now has a more defined uh, role in the NBA as a defender, playmaker on offense. But, you know, somebody who can – doesn't necessarily have to shoot it or space the floor, but can, you know, really focus on what he does best in the NBA. All right. So the, I want to do some more with the players, but the Hawks essentially came away with four key assets last night. Young, Herter, Spellman, and the first round pick that's protected one through five next season from Dallas. What kind of team do you think Dallas is going to be next season? You know, where, how does that pick project? I think Dallas is more or less going to be the same, roughly the same team that they've been uh, these past couple of years, where they're not one of the worst teams in the NBA, but the West is so tough that they're probably about the 10th or 11th best team in the Western Conference. Okay. They, um, you know, they, I think, Personally, I feel they think they're better than they are. And, you know, they they really are pushing their chips uh, with Doncic, and they may feel like they're closer to competing 
uh, at least for playoff contention than I feel that they actually are. Uh, they, you know, they're not necessarily a very deep team. They're not really that athletic. Uh, they rely heavily on Harrison Barnes, and uh, Harrison Barnes isn't that good to me, even though, you know, he's one of North Carolina's own, and he he's not good, and they're going to need him to be a better defender than what he's shown, especially with, you know, relying on Luka Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr., and you know, you can like both of those guys in a vacuum, but they, they're they not, you know, Dennis Smith in particular is an awful defender. He was awful defender last season. And, you know, if they're going to be relying on him to turn the corner, I think it's probably too soon in his development curve for, for that. Same with Doncic. Uh, he's got, you know, he's got to work on his overall strength and conditioning and he, he's got to just work on his uh, shooting. So they're, they're going to be better because they're not just going to outright tank because they're going to try to they're going to try to win uh, next season. They're probably going to be players in free agency. They they have a need at center. I'd look for them to uh, go try to get one of the uh, big centers on the on the market, whether it be DeAndre Jordan or Boogie Cousins or maybe even Clint Capella. They got the cap space for it, but you know, to me, they're not they they just don't have enough talent. To, for me to suggest that they're going to be out, uh, be a playoff team. If they're not going to be a playoff team, they're going to be on lottery. And while 2019 might not be as good, it's a pretty weak draft based on what we know right now. Uh, you know, guys might, you know, guys might, uh, you just never know because these, these teenagers are so young, like they, they can, something might click and they might turn into blue chippers and deep in the draft, but um, I think that's a good pick that the Hawks got, and you know, Schlank, Schlank is doing a great job to, uh, you know, keep keep the asset uh, pool full. And I also, I, you know, a lot of people didn't like them trading out of the thirty fourth pick. I personally was okay with it, just because, um, you know, it's just two more second rounders in the chamber, and you know, you can you can do things with that. You can't really do much with a basket if you pick somebody in the second round there's not really much you can do theoretically outside of playing him uh, and the likelihood of him panning out isn't high so if you didn't like anybody at 34 i have no problem with them you know trading out and get two second rounders specifically from charlotte who probably isn't going to be a good basketball team next season either so you know the hawks did Schlank did well to uh keep the you know, keep the cupboard full and add to it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a, it was a good haul for them. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the fact that Charlotte's probably not going to be very good next season, and that's when the second-round pick, the first of the two second-round picks will convey. I was told today that uh, those picks are unprotected in 2019 and 2023, so... It probably won't be much worse than a 34 next year. Probably somewhere in that 31 to 40 range, I would think. I don't think Charlotte's going to be uh, a strong team right away unless something changes drastically. And the the other thing is that a team always, a a team is always going to be willing to give up two second round picks for a guy that they want at in the second round. So, like you can see a scenario where the Hawks keep. 
the Hawks keep turning this pick over until they find the guy they like. Or, you know, they use these second-round picks in the trade to possibly unload on uh, on one of these contracts, you know. The downside of this draft is that it, like, it just – it neuters basically any of Dennis Schroeder's value to the team. Uh, and, you know, uh, potential trade offers for him are going to be weaker than what they might have been if, you know, they didn't take Trey Young. But, I, you know, the Hawks are so far away from contending that I don't think – I wouldn't be too concerned about, about you know – uh, Dennis Schroeder's fate, in particular, uh, you know, I, you know, I think I find it amusing that Schlenk, you know, said publicly that he thinks, you know, Dennis and Trey Young can play together. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's a no-win question. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but like, he, I mean, that's what he has to say. But right. to me, they can't even they can't even be on the same basketball team. Dennis Schroeder has not; he does not have the emotional maturity to be coming off the bench and there's no way the Hawks aren't starting Trey Young. So it's, it's a scenario. It's a, it's a, you know, Dennis was a neutral to negative asset and probably got worse uh, tonight, but you know, at the end of the day, he kind of doesn't matter to what the Hawks are trying to do. Um, He's not Schlenk's guy. And I think he showed that by taking Trey Young with the fifth pick. So you think Schlenk starts day one? Oh, oh Trey Young? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. We need that caffeine. They, they would be. They would. It would be a poor decision for them not to. Um, they. I mean, they just. <laughs> they. They. You can't. You can't now. If they don't like, that's a PR nightmare. If you give up on Luka Doncic, who everybody loves, NBA Twitter loved, right? And right. The, he was the prohibitive favorite for the Hawks. If you give up on him for for somebody who's not even going to start day one, like that's it's just not on the PR side. It's not a good look. But what if you um, ignore PR me, and you think about what's best for him, like developmentally? Is it fair to come away with the conclusion that hey? It's in his best interest, November, December here. Let's bring him off the bench and let him feel what the NBA is like, you know, going up against backups instead of, say, uh, Russell Westbrook and, you know, <laughs> Ben Simmons or whoever else I, he might face. I, I find that – I hear you, but I found it to be a mistake when the Hawks didn't start Torian Prince day one, um, and I would find it to be the same. Uh, they're – like, there's – to me, play Trey Young alongside the four best basketball players uh, on your team at all times. Okay. And that typically happens to be alongside the starters. So, and, I mean, if you're this high on him like that, I mean, why wait? Why wait till like, this isn't, this isn't football where there's such a physical difference uh, – there is a, you know, there's there's a physical and mental difference between college football and NFL football. You know, the NBA rookies can come day one and at least be professionals and you know be solid in their role. And I find that, you know, if the Hawks want to get the most out of, if the Hawks want to get the most out of Trey Young this season, like they're going to start him, they're going to want to start him alongside 
the four best players on the team. Um, like I don't, I don't buy into the notion that if he's coming off the bench, he plays against bench players. Like he's playing against NBA players, whether he's starting or not. And it's not, it's not going to matter. Uh, you know, the, the elite basketball players in the NBA all are playing 30 to 30, 35 minutes a night. So he's going to be playing against them, whether he's starting or not. So what's there to, to me, I'm like, what's the benefit of him coming? I, I don't, me personally, I don't see a benefit in him coming off the bench. Uh, you know, it like, it, it just logically, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Now, uh, like if he's coming off the bench, that that's a poor indication on him personally. Like that might, they may be like, like if he's not ready to start day one, like that, you know that might be an issue because if you're dra- like if you're drafting a top five pick, you expect to start it uh, rookie season. Uh, that's just that's just the nature of nature of the value of that pick. So it it wouldn't be the end of the world, but to me, I I find it I find it to be a poor it, it'd be in poor taste if he wasn't starting. <laughs> so then, Dennis, that that's more of a conundrum. Then I feel like if Bud were still the coach, that. I, I almost feel like it would be likely that Trey Young would come off the bench. With Pierce as the coach, I don't feel like I have a good handle on what to expect. Just because he's new, he hasn't really, you know, he wasn't the head coach in Philadelphia, so he wasn't making those kind of decisions. I don't. There's no track record to go off of. Yeah, but since he's so new and he's Schlenk's guy, and Trey Young is Schlenk's guy, I think. I think everybody's on in a understanding. Like I, I don't think this is an issue in particular. That to me, it I find it highly unlikely that uh, Trey Young won't be starting day one. Uh, the the only like with I Dennis, just, I just, with Dennis or without him, it, I don't think I don't think Dennis matters. Uh, well, I know he doesn't matter, you know, but let's say he's on the roster. No, Does I mean, he start? I, mean I mean in the sense that I, in the sense that uh, you know. The Hawks are going to start. The Hawks, like, they might start. <laughs> if Dennis Schroeder is still on the team, they might just start Dennis Schroeder and Trey Young together. Like, they might, they might go to that length. Right. Uh, but they're not. They're not going to not start Trey Young. I'll put it like that. They, okay. I, I don't find. I don't find the scenario. It's probably the most. <laughs> it's probably the most passionate I'm getting now about this. Like, because I would. I would be legitimately angry at this organization because Dennis. You know. All right, say if Dennis Schroeder is on the team, he's he's not the future of this franchise anymore. Uh, you know his his development and his his like everything about like he's irrelevant relative to what the Hawks are trying to do long term. So he's only three years uh, older than Spellman. Uh, that's that's nice, but <laughs> he's also, I mean, he's just he's. He just doesn't have a he doesn't have a path for the, in the Hawks anymore. Like his his window has closed on the team, and uh, you know there's reasons for that. I I would be sh- like I don't know about you, but I'd be shocked if he was even on this team. And even if he were on this ta- team, I would be shocked if he was like I would be shocked if he ever put on another uh, put on the Hawks uh, uniform again. Uh, really? So. Yeah, I don't. I like he's either he's either going to get traded or he's just not going to play. Like it's going to be one of those situations. So I, I don't. 
I, Dennis is such a volatile character. Like I, I just like, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, Kevin, but you can't have Dennis Schroeder on this roster with Trey young and expect a good locker room culture. Uh, I'll just leave it at that one with that, with that. Okay. That sounds good. All right. So what do you expect out of Trey young? Let's go through these prospects one by one here. What, what's his, what's his uh, rookie Trey, season going to look like? Trey Young's rookie season is going to be exciting. He's probably not going to be that efficient. He's going to struggle defensively, but he's going to have, he's going to have a month. He, I, I find, I feel like he's, he has a good, he probably has a good chance to win rookie of the year uh, just because he's going to put up big scoring. Night. He's going to have binge scoring nights. He's just that caliber of shooter. Um, and, uh, you know, there's going to be nights where he's not missing and he's getting to the spots and, you know, he might have a 40 plus, uh, night as a rookie and that, you know, he's going to be exciting. Uh, he's going to make, he's a great passer. Uh, he and John Collins is going to be a great tandem in the pick and roll. And, uh, you know, Torian Prince, uh, he's really going to help, uh, Torian Prince because he's such a, I mean, he's such a good passer. He's going to find Torian Prince when he's open. Going to find John Collins when he's open. He's going to find uh, if Ken Bazemore and Dwayne Dedman are still here. He's going to find these guys, and Fox are going to play a fun style uh, based on you know based on who they've drafted and who they currently have on the roster. So, you know, he's going to be fun and exciting. It might not. He might. He's probably not going to be a winning player, but I think I think Hawks fans are going to be really excited after his rookie season. So he's going to be the player where if he makes a three and he makes a layup. And then he gets the ball 40 feet from the hoop. As soon as it hits his hands, there's a buzz. Yep. Yep. Without question. Like, I mean, he might, do, he might, he's probably going to be the most exciting dude in summer league just because fans love three pointer. Like fans love, love scoring and they love guys who can make off the dribble three pointers and are crafty with the ball. He's got a great handle too. So, He's a fun basketball – like, he's a genuinely fun basketball player to watch, and he's exciting when he's got it going. I think he's going to – he's going to have – he's going to have uh, nights where he struggles. Um, like, he's going to have some – like, where he's just uh, just getting beasted um, on both ends of the floor. But, you know, that's a rookie pain, and I – you know, I'm high on him. I, I've said many times, I think he has the highest offensive ceiling in this, in this class. And this is, and, and this is another thing overall with this draft class. The first, I, I find the top seven guys who went in this draft uh, to be all-star caliber talents. And so Hawks got one of them. So, uh, and he's a perimeter player, a playmaker, uh, can make the cross court uh, pass into the corner with either hand. And, you know, he's fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like Wolves now. I'm running out of synonyms to describe oh, how fun he is to watch. But, you know, he was the most exciting thing in basketball for two months uh, in college and in the NBA it beginning, at the beginning in Oklahoma. And I think if he, does, if he does that in Atlanta for like a month or two months, he, 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 he's going to be talked about and he's going to be – He's going to put the Hawks, you know, brand out there more than probably any other player in this draft. 
just as a rookie, just because he's he's probably more exciting. Now, exciting doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a winning basketball player. Um, that remains to be seen. He's he's a poor defender in large part because he's weak. He needs to get stronger to fight through screen, screens. But, um, you know, I, I find him to be have decent quickness, but just his lack of length is going to be a problem, and he's just going to have to be a fighter. If he's not a fighter, he's going to be bad defensively. But uh, that that's a that's something that it'll be interesting if Lloyd Pierce can unlock some more defensive potential for him. He he is a very smart basketball player, and it shows up with his steal rate. He 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 knows how to read an offense and get to what what the offense is trying to do and get uh, easy steals or whatever. So he's got good hands, but again, he's just so small. Like uh, the the big guards in this in this league are just going to run plow through him. He, he's going to have to be hidden. Um, that's that's just the nature of what he is. But I don't think he I don't think his defensive I don't think his I don't think he's going to be as bad as Isaiah Thomas is defensively. But I would wager he's probably going to be what we've seen in Atlanta the last five years or so with Jeff Teague and Dennis Schroeder probably a little bit worse because he's not as long as either of them. But Okay, so so throw the whole league out. Uh, Throw throw Teague. I'm sorry. Throw Teague and Schroeder out of the discussion because I feel like we're comparing to them just because they're with the Hawks and ignoring Isaiah Thomas. Like, pick somebody from the NBA from the last decade or so defensively that you think he might look like. Because I mean, I think that's you know everything in this whole draft. I think that's the one thing that's a big concern that somehow the ceiling of this team is capped. Because they're always going to have a defensive weak link. I mean, he's going to be good on offense. It's like it feels like a lock, but defensively, there's it feels like now there's some kind of ceiling. Well, what what might he look like? Uh, defensively, at his best, probably a Kimball Walker. You know, not not the worst, not the best, but serviceable. I I do believe. Like that's the thing with these short guards. If you if you just fight, if you can fight through every screen and just be there for and if your teammates and you stay in front of your man and your teammates know where you are and you're fighting through every screen, you can be fine in this league. He'll he will never be. He's not he's not an all defensive uh, type of talent. For not sure. even close. <laughs> um, that's but, easy. But he he's got. I mean he's got a. You know he it it. it depends on him at the moment he's probably at the moment right now he is closer to the Isaiah Thomas spectrum right but you know if he you know if he if he can and he's I I think he's self-aware to know that hey he's got to bring it defensively in ways that he didn't at Oklahoma and he's going to have a like his role in Atlanta is going to be a lot like he's his use rates his usage rate is never going to be as high as it was at Oklahoma. It was around 37% there. So he's going to have less of an offensive load uh, in Atlanta, especially playing alongside Torian Prince, who really showed up at, in the second half of the season. So uh-huh. he shouldn't have any excuse to not, you know, give it his all defensively. If he plays with effort, he can be okay. Now he's probably going to always be a liability defensively, but that I don't buy that that caps your ceiling um, as a basketball team, one, it's too early to tell. Like we, you know, we don't actually know what he's going to be on defense. And two, you can always you can build a championship caliber team 
uh, with a defensive liability. Like the the Warriors are the are the greatest basketball team in NBA history. I, but I find I find that you know uh, we're, we're always comparing every team compared to the Warriors, and I think that's just a misnomer. Like at some point their dynasty is going to fall, and who knows what the league is going to look like. But so but in the current moment. You know, his offensive upside is high enough where, you know, his defense isn't that big of a concern. But at the moment, it's probably he's probably around uh, – he, he'll probably be around Damian Lillard bad defensively um, until this past season. Uh, just not great uh, – not great fighting through screens – uh, pre-week in isolation gets bowled over at, against the more athletic guards in the NBA, but we'll see. It it depends if he like Schlenk said if he can get stronger, if he can get and if he can get tougher, uh, he can get there. But uh, it, it really depends on him on what his defensive upside is going to be. I'll say this: I am glad that the Hawks didn't come out of the draft with Luka Doncic and Kevin Herter, just from a summer league perspective, because I didn't want to trek all the way to Utah to have two players who weren't playing in summer league. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Herter is out for what Schlenk said, three months uh, with a injured tendon that that was repaired surgically on his shooting hand. Um, That's, that's going to, keep him out then all the way through September or so. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's something to keep an eye on. That's gonna maybe disrupt his rhythm a little bit. But uh what do you expect out of Herder this season? What kind of uh, player good is he? shooter, bad defender. <laughs> okay. Well, at the moment he's a good shooter, bad defender just because uh you know he's super weak. Like I said, like I said in the uh, previous pod, uh, he's pretty weak. Um, the athletic guards and wings in the NBA are just gonna out out athlete him for easy layups until he gets tougher and stronger. But you know the offensive upside is there. He's an elite catch. He projects to be an elite catch and shoot guy, uh, and he can. You know he's got he's got more handle than you would. He's got a good handle. Um, for his size and good vision, so you know he's not he's he's young too. He does he's not even twenty yet. Uh, neither of these guys are. So you know they're they're both they both got some legit good offensive upside. But you know he probably projects more to, as a bench player than a starter. But you know when you're when you're that level of shooter, that's super valuable for a team like that. The gravity he potentially has alongside Trey Young is overwhelming uh john collins is the primary beneficiary of all this spacing because you know it just makes his job easier rolling hard to the rim he gets to do what he does best which is dunk the basketballs uh playing alongside these guys so you know her her is a fun guy again it like i said it depends on him like how good does he want to be in this league he's got to put on the weight he's got to get stronger and he's got to get tougher. Um, some good about him defensively in particular is that he does have some good hands and good anticipation, good anticipation of what an offense is trying to do. 
similar to Trey Young, high basketball IQ guy. Um, okay. You know, it's just the uh, it's the physical aspect he has to work on. So um, you mentioned that. Oh, sorry. You mentioned that he was a uh, that he had the catch and shoot thing. That he was going to be an above average shooter off the catch. One of the things that Schlenk was pushing last night was that he wasn't just going to be a great shooter off the catch, but he also had the game for the more difficult threes, you know, on the move, working without the ball. And I think that's one of the rarest things in the league. Do you think he has that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he can come off screens. Um, you know, Kyle Corbett, J.J. Redick. He's not – I don't think he's there uh, just with his footwork, but he can get there and he has the athleticism for it and the size to shoot over the top of guys. So, you know, he's got to, you know, he, I mean, there's, there's, there's things he's got to work on with his game. I mean, it sucks that he has the hand injury, but it's to me, like a hand injury, isn't that big of a deal to me. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a lower body injury. If it's, if it's not a lower body injury or, you know, it, I'm not too concerned about it. So he should still be able to, to um, some level of strength and conditioning, even with a broken hand, um, and he'll be okay. But uh, you know, he'll probably just wear a brace and or whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm but, with uh, you on the. You uh, know, he's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with you on the. I'm with you on the hand thing. That if it's not a leg injury, that. I'm really not that worried about it. It doesn't seem like something that's necessarily going to be any kind of recurring thing. I think it just puts a wrench in his rookie season just because, you know, it's going to stunt his off season where some of these other guys are going to have more time to just work in the gym over the summer. But I wouldn't be, sh- I wouldn't be shocked if he gets healthy um, and the Hawks just um, have him in the G League, quote unquote, but they really just have him in the facility, working physically, get his body right. And then, you know, similar to what they did with Tim Hardaway, uh, just give him some time to work on his body and not rush him um, right. so that he's ready. Because, you know, there, there's no rush with him in particular, Herder, uh, just due to the fact that, you know, he's he's the number 19th overall pick for one and two. The Hawks do have some perimeter you know, they do have some perimeter talent currently on the roster with Bazemore and Prince. We'll see how this offseason goes, but, you know, Bazemore, Prince, Bembry, Cleveland, Jalen Morris, those are all guys the Hawks are going to want to give real minutes to at the two and the three. So they're probably, like, he at, at, as currently constructed, he and Tyler Dorsey as well, so at, at currently constructed, he probably wasn't even going to see much playing time. Uh, at the moment, so with him, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, he, he's just, he's he's going to have all the time in the world, uh, so like, I mean, it sucks we're not going to be able to see him in the summer league to get an idea of you know, his, you know, his game in an NBA setting, but, you know, the sum, summer league is a bit, summer league is a, kind of a spectacle. I think it, it matters more now that so many teams invest real money into their their G League and their summer in their G League teams, and so they they import those to their summer league rosters. Um, and it's not what it used to be, where you know they just roll the ball out and have uh, the 
the super athletes show out. It's more of a structured environment, so it, it, it's pretty bad that we're not going to be able to see Herter in that environment. That that does hurt his player development, but you know he they're not going to rush him. He's going to get healthy, and then he's probably going to spend some additional time in the G League uh, next season. I wouldn't expect too much from him. He reminds me a little bit of Collins, just in the sense that he's a sophomore, and so you get the advantage of having had him experience two seasons of college basketball, but you also get the advantage of the fact that he's really young. He's a young sophomore. Yeah, he... He hasn't turned 20 yet. Yeah, he's basically a freshman age uh, sophomore, similar to how John Collins was. Yeah, that's... You know, like I said, age is a big factor in a lot of the... Like, he and and Trey Young are basically the same age, so... uh, They... uh, you know, it's it's good to have all these guys on the same age age development curve. And I know basketball is sort of positionless, but let's say that the Hawks are lined up against a semi-traditional NBA team, and it's the year 2021, and Herter has, you know, done an average job of getting stronger. Does he project as like a two or a three? Uh, who is he guarding two. on the other team? He's a two. Yeah. Um, he, he, I don't. I don't. I don't find it. He. Do, I don't think he has the length for a three, but he has because he has good. He has great size for a two guard in the NBA, and you know, two and a three. You know, at first we thought you know wings were just wings, but there's a real there's a real delineation between a two guard in the NBA and a, and a forward. So, and I think he, he projects to be a two guard just because, you know, he's not really going to be much of a force uh, around the rim as a shot blocker on defense and uh, offensively, like his offensive upside, just because he can also, he's such a great shooter and he can dribble and pass, you know, you're going to want that guy at your two spot to open up uh, the three for a more athletic, better defender, um, ideally, but. All right, so tell me about Amari Spellman, and is he the right complement to, let's say, a John Collins? Um, Amari Spellman, you know, he he was good for Villanova. Uh, they had him in a defi- very defined role. Like, Here's the thing about Villanova. They run a very NBA style. They have a very much an NBA style offense, and they, they have an uh, NBA program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's – I think uh, they just had him – he was a pick-and-roll – pick-and-pop guy, uh, very good at that. He's pretty – he's he, he's a decent athlete, not a great one. Um, he's, he's about 21, 22 years old. He's about the age of a senior. Uh, you know, his value is his shooting. He was he's, He was poor defensively, but he does have the measurements – that he could be an okay defender at the next level. It, he he, it just depends on him. Like he's got to, like if he can really, if he really get in the weight room, really get in the strength and conditioning coach, and really work on his body. Like he could probably he could he could tone up and get a bit quicker because he's a bit he's a bit of a stiff at the moment. But you know that he he's fine. Um, his value is entirely on offense at the moment. He can block shots, not a great one, but you know, good enough for what his role is going to be at the next level. 
think think like a most states type of uh type of talent um just a an elite shooter at the four or the five uh not not so great defender but if like i say if he can if he can tone up and you know change his body you know maybe he's got some more upside but at the moment he's just he's an all offense no d uh big man okay yeah i mean i think he's already lost some weight in his red shirt year but if you look at the players who tested at the combine he had the second highest body fat percentage and i think that's almost a a plus in a way i mean i think the hawks are looking at it like you know, here's what he is now. He's going to be working to get that off, and then he's going to be slightly different than he is now. Does that seem yeah, agreed. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, but it, you know, that stuff. It's not a guarantee. <laughs> you know, it's not a guarantee. Like it just depends on his his personal work ethic and what he wants to be in the NBA because he does have NBA talent and. He could be a very good role player, uh, but you know, if you know, it ju- it just depends on the player. So, like a lot with all these guys, like they they got all of them have work to do on their bodies, and uh, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, there there were some really talented guys that they did pass up at thirty. Uh, that you know, a lot of a lot of. Um, a lot of draft experts like more than he did. Uh, a lot of people felt like he was a reach, but you know, he fit like he helps Trey young in particular as just another guy who can shoot the ball. You know, it gives more space for Trey young to operate. Um, and uh, it gives, you know, it just gives the Hawks a higher offensive ceiling than what they have without him. But, you know, we'll see. He, he did like, the, the, that that Villanova team is one of the best college basketball teams of all time. You know they won, they did they did okay. win two championships in what three years or four years or whatever, uh-huh. uh, and they basically went to three Final Fours during that stretch. Like so, there there is a scenario like he's he's talented, uh, but you know, and it, there is some upside with him that if he loses the weight, uh, he can he can become better than what he currently projects to be, but. Um, you know, that's almost it, like Doncic. Like Doncic, if you if if you compare Villanova to Real Madrid, it's like number one, they run a very NBA style of offense, and then number two, they're like far and away the best team. And it's the question of is the talent elevating them? You know, are, are they benefiting almost too much from being around talented players, and it's going to be more of a struggle? if they aren't, or is it just the opposite? Is it, there's so much talent around them that you really haven't even like, you know, seen what they might do because they haven't quite gotten the usage percentage. It's kind of a, it's kind of a puzzle a little bit when you get teams that are too talented to figure out what you've got sometimes. Of Mari Spellman in particular, uh, just because, um, you know, he, his role was just as a shooter. Uh, you know, he was very much, he was very much a role player, but I mean, he was, he was one of the best in the, in all of college and right. You know, he but got he a, had the advantage of being jumper. around really good teammates. So it's, you know, he wasn't just a shooter. He was a shooter who was, you know, left open a lot of times. Yeah. But that's his, that's going to be his role at the next level too. And if he's, you know, you're, 
he's already good at the role that he's going he projects to be at sure. the next level. So I I don't I feel like he was a part of the te- why Villanova was so great. Sure. Uh, you know, so I'm not I don't um necessarily buy into that oh he was he was being hidden. I don't I don't think he was particularly hidden like you don't get to be that you know the, I mean Villanova is really good so I I just don't I don't know. But I mean he <laughs> it might be the case but you know he's a 30th huh? overall pick so it's to me personally I'm like you know take a flyer on the on the type of basketball player you want at that pick. That's um, a good I combination. Like said Oh, I was just I gonna think say. Like said, er, <laughs> uh, Sorry. Like said earlier in the process that uh, you know, later in the draft, you, you you probably draft more for need than for talent, and I think that on Spellman's case, I think they found that they're potentially going to need a need at at the big man spot for a guy who can shoot and perhaps uh, protect the rim a bit more. So we'll see. Yeah, that combination of. Uh of being a strong pick and pop shooter and also being a strong rebounder. I mean, you see guys like Ursan, you know, if you can just do those two things, you can, and not be a complete sieve defensively, you can be around the NBA for a long time. But speaking of the defense thing, it's funny now when you watch, when you watch the NBA and you see these bigs getting drafted, it's almost like, you're less concerned with how they guard other bigs and more concerned with how they guard perimeter players at this point, you know, when there's a switch or you're doing a hedge, you know, how do you think Spellman can fare defensively when he's going to be tasked with chasing around smaller players? Uh, He's going to suck at it because <laughs> he wasn't okay. good at it in college. He's probably going to be worse in the NBA and to, unless you know, he gets quicker and he yeah. gets smarter. You know, it. it's not like he can't do it, but, right. you, you, you know, he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, what's encouraging is that he was a good rebounder and he did block a decent amount of shots uh, for his, uh, you know, for his size and position. He's got a 7-3 wingspan. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is upside in that. But, you know, at the moment – he wasn't good in college. I don't expect him to be good in the NBA. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that feel uh, defensively to me. That said, I haven't watched. You know, it's not like I've watched so much Spellman tape, right? So I can't, you know, make such a definitive statement on him defensively. But at the moment, it's not. You know, it's not a good. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to be Mike Muscala good defensively. Let's let's put it. Let's put it in a different different way. Like. I think, I think if you if you're looking for a parallel with the Hawks, maybe he turns into a Mike Scott type of of, of player on both ends of the floor. He's got a bit higher ceiling than Mike Scott just because he's longer. Yeah, I think uh, the wingspan but, makes a big difference there. Mm-hmm, huge. So it uh it depends on him. Um, but I don't know. It's a it's the thirtieth pick in the draft. And at that point, you just want a rotation guy, even if he's flawed, a flawed rotation player. You know, he might he might only max out as a 15 minute, you know, sniper off the bench, sure. which I mean, it's valuable. Yeah. Anthony and, Tolliver. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I think Tolliver is be- way better defensively, but okay. uh, 
But I mean, he's got. You know what? He does have a similar. He. I don't know. Tolliver was better defensively in college too. So yeah. we'll see with Spellman. I, I don't think. I don't think uh, I would. I would lower my expectations with him. It's again. It's a thirtieth pick in the draft. You shouldn't really expect too much from these guys. And uh, Jock Landale, are you excited about his appearance with the Hawks in Summer League? I just learned of his name uh, <laughs> when I scrolled through Twitter sometime this morning or <laughs> Me too. late last night. Uh, I don't know. Sounds like a guy. Uh, <laughs> don't really have much of an opinion on him. All right. You got anything you want to plug? Um. No, you can follow me at Jonesy two X four. I'm still locked, so I will, I will get to your follower request when I get them. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm not really, I'm not really doing much else uh, at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, follow me for you know Hawks takes. Also, I also love video games and anime. So if you got opinions on those, you can come to me and I'll. I'll give you a rough idea of what what you're looking for, but uh, outside of that, uh, you know, again, follow me there at Jonesy Two X Four, and that's about it. All right. I want to tease. I don't have anything here except teasing uh, the next ATL and Twenty Nine podcast. Fingers crossed. Uh, I think we're going to have an interesting guest uh, from inside the organization. So hopefully that uh, happens later today, and I'll get that up by Monday. But uh, I'm not I'm not uh, not naming names until it actually happens. So that's as much as I can tease. <laughs> All right, Tyler, uh, go watch go watch the World Cup. Who's ahead right now? Uh, Brazil just won, so it's a break now. Oh, uh, everybody root for Nigeria. Uh, yeah, go the, load up for Nigeria, Iceland. Yeah, yeah, uh, like. Iceland has the fun chance, but Nigeria is actually fun to watch. But, uh, you know, don't get your hopes up. At the same time, Nigeria will disappoint you if you put too much of your faith in them. But they're fun to watch. They got some fun guys. But uh, Got any thoughts on the yeah, Russian World team? Yeah, <laughs> my, <laughs> <thoughts are there's, laughs> my thoughts are that they are definitely on – they're not on the up and up. Let's just put it like that. I'm not – Making any of that up, there's a Netflix special. Uh, you can watch it. it. It paints a very plain picture of what Russia does when they have access to uh, drug testing and an incentive to, you know, game the system. But, uh, you know, good for them. <laughs> I think that's the perfect note to add. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.